Hey dudes, this is Michael, one of the co-hosts of Two Dudes in the Nest, the show you're about to listen to. If you are a first-time listener and you've picked one of these older episodes to listen to, maybe because it's one of your favorite games on the NES, I don't blame you. However, I just want to warn you that uh, this is, some of these episodes are three, four, maybe five years old. And this is before we got new audio equipment. This is really before we even knew what we were doing. But we... You know, we want to leave them on the feed as long as we can because we want to have plenty of episodes for people to listen to. I just want to give a fair bit of warning before we get started. If you're an older listener and you're going back to listen to an episode again, uh, you may hear something new because right before the episode starts here, we're going to have an advertisement, which is probably not what you heard the first time through. But now we started doing ads in our shows, so we're going to have an ad here. Anyways, I hope you enjoy. And if you do enjoy, please subscribe to the podcast and listen to as many episodes as you can. It always helps us out. And tell a friend, too. That'd be nice. Enjoy the show. Justin. What's up, man? Uh, not much. Just about to record the most stressful episode of our uh, entire existence here, probably. Uh, yeah. No pressure. Just talking right. about The Legend of Zelda, like potentially the greatest game on the system, you know? Well, you know, people. here's my thing. No pressure, right? Here's This is why there's no pressure. Uh-huh. Because, look, we're not ha- we don't have to sell this game to anybody. That's right? true. Good point. Like we we're not people aren't li- I don't think that anybody's listening to this episode thinking I I gotta know what the what the dudes think about this game whether or not I'm gonna play it right nobody yeah. everybody already has their opinions okay. all right good I'm feeling better I'm feeling better yeah just Two relax dudes in the nest is gonna be a good show tonight <laughs> no pressure I'm I'm feeling calm right. cool as a cucumber right. unless you unless you hate it and then. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> then, then there may be some. Well, this uh, is a top-down game, so if anybody's gonna hate it, uh, hate to break it to you. Yeah, it's gonna be yeah. you. But this is a we got a lot to cover on this show. There's a we got a butt ton of calls feedback, and feedback yeah. stuff. So let's keep yeah. rolling. This is gonna be a very uh, dude and D-pad-er oriented episode too. So yeah, you know, right? Which is what. It, it's what the people need. It's what the people want. It's what right? they deserve. It's what they deserve. Sure. Right. All right. You want some history? Can we just jump into this yeah, thing? Yeah. History. Give it to me. All right. The Legend of Zelda. Brought to you by uh, the Nintendo's R&D 4 department. The none other than Shigeru Miyamoto and Takashi Tezuka. Uh, some of the most famous uh, game developers, mainly because of Zelda. Of course, they also were in charge of developing none other than Mario. Mm. I mean, how would you like to be those <laughs> two guys? Oh man, I I don't I don't I can't even I, I'm without words. I don't even I don't even know how yeah. I could not fathom being that either, any of those people. You know? Yeah. Well, you just created the two largest franchises of Nintendo. Uh, it, you could argue that Nintendo, we wouldn't even know the name Nintendo without those two games. 
No. Had yeah. Those two games ever, never come about. And then not only did they both make, make both of them, they pretty much made them both simultaneously. Like they may they were making them at the same time. Yeah, I guess they kind of were a little bit, weren't they? Because yeah. they came out really close, somewhat mm-hmm. close together. Yeah, Mario was a little earlier, but uh, uh, they were pretty much working on them at the same time. So what was the inspiration behind Zelda? That's the big thing. And uh, for Miyamoto, he, he loved the idea of exploring. You know, he wanted to make a game where uh, his uh, quote was, you know, he wanted to make a, a game where the um, the gamer was just was based on their explorations, right? Mm-hmm. Not just straightforward um, uh, platforming game. And the Miyamoto actually said that a lot of his inspiration actually came from, as a child, uh, wandering around in the woods. Uh, when he was out, uh, he actually came upon a cave, and it's like this this culmination of his life where he, he stood outside this cave for several days and then he finally decided to go in the cave. And that uh, moment in his life actually inspired a lot of what he designed in The Legend of Zelda. And then Tezuka was a big fantasy guy. So Tezuka, you know, he's, he's said that, uh, like, Tolkien's Lord of the Rings, things like that that he's, you know, a huge fan of, was a great inspiration of his going forward so what did they set out to do well there was a popular game that was developed for the atari 2600 called adventure adventure by mm-hmm. warren robinette okay this game i don't know if you've ever seen like the the game that game it was actually wildly it. popular yeah it. it was a very popular game um it's kind of considered to be the grandfather of kind of this uh exploration rpg style gaming um, and Miyamoto used that as kind of an inspiration. So then they kind of went and sat down, and the the actual first kind of beta version of Zelda was um, he uh, Miyamoto actually had a game that he designed where the player actually designed a course or an area for other players to explore. It's almost like a uh, original uh, Super Mario Maker. Yeah, or yeah. like a Zelda Maker. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a Zelda Maker. Which we have yeah, not had, but could possibly have maybe. Right. Maybe? Come on, Nintendo. Yeah, and that game was called Hyrule. Well, then Nintendo came in and decided, you know, that they hired him on to do this kind of project. So he he scrapped. He he noticed players had more fun in just the exploring aspect and that's what he liked in, in himself so what he did was he took away the designing part and just decided to make a game it was completely on based on exploring so him and Tezuka they, they got together made this game and one thing uh, the name Link uh, as I found was actually quoted as being two different origins of the name Link uh, one said that Miyamoto uh, named the, the uh, main character Link because he linked players together. But there's another source that actually said that the Triforce was actually supposed, supposed to be a time travel uh, 
thing. Yeah, a <laughs> time travel thing that actually would take Link in the game between past and present. Hey, I know so we his don't... Name... Sorry, go ahead. I didn't mean to but So his name was supposed to be based on he linked the past and present, but that part was actually taken out of the game. So yeah, okay. I don't know where the actual... That actually comes into play in, a later, in later Zelda games. They do that a little bit mm-hmm. with a jump from the past to the future and the future to the past and all that stuff. I like that reason better. Yeah, that's cool. So, I was just going to say, um, the funny, you, the, I was watching an episode of The Simpsons, or I know we don't have time for tangents, but I got to do on this one because it makes, it just fits. We were watching an episode of The Simpsons earlier, uh, and you you were trying to come up with a word, and you ended up with just saying thing. Well, yeah. <laughs> have you seen the episode of The Simpsons where Homer starts reading the Reader's Digest, and he's talking to like one of the ladies that's that writes for the Reader's Digest or something, uh-huh, and he says, uh-huh. oh, my favorite part of that of that magazine is is the part where you can like broaden your vocabulary it's so very so very good (laughs) (laughs) it just reminded me of that well uh just a little bit more about this game uh the history nintendo tried to screw this game up of course in typical nintendo fashion uh when they did the game testing uh, Nintendo said it was too long, it was too boring, players, and, you know, for good reason, I mean, I guess Nintendo, because one of the com- things that the the testers said was it took a long time to try to kind of figure things out, and so they were like, you need to change it, make it easier, more linear, so that, you know, the uh, it's more easy to follow, uh, and Miyamoto stuck to his guns, was like, no, we're not changing it, we're leaving it as is. Um, and so there it was born. Miyamoto, man, he just he's, he's, he knows somehow. He just knows, right? You know how you know how Bo Jackson knows football and baseball. Well, Miyamoto knows also. Miyamoto knows. Right. Miyamoto knows. The audio, of course, the the theme that has become so famous for the Zelda theme is actually one is considered. Uh, one of the, you know, probably most famous songs in, in video gaming history. You know how long uh, Koji Kondo took to write, write that song? Uh, well, let's see. The song length is about one minute and a half, so two minutes? Yeah, well, it was wrote in a day. <laughs> okay. okay? Uh, he, they initially, he initially planned to use Maurice Ravel's Bolero as the game's title theme, but... Right before development, <laughs> they they found out that uh, that orchestra piece was still in copyright, oh. so they couldn't use it. Another so, fortunate event that caused this game to be even yeah. Better. So he uh, he then wrote the uh, theme in the overworld theme in uh, one day. Nice, so, yeah. So this is just one of those games that. And I'm sure we'll get more into it as we keep going on in the episode. But it's just one of those games where just everything just kind of fell in place, mm-hmm. like perfectly. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like just I don't know. Yeah, the yeah. music, the design of the game, all it just kind of it just all kind of just happened. I feel like mm-hmm. I mean, no, it was very well, it was designed by these people very well. But you know what I mean? It's just kind of right. like would this game have even hit the way it did at a different time frame and all this stuff? You know, like if this was like the release game, people probably. You know, they probably would have thought, wow, that's not good. But you just, mm. you just never know. But anyways. Just a couple more tidbits. Uh, the name Zelda. 
You know where that comes from? My cat. Mm, you did have a cat named Zelda. did Zelda. have a cat named Zelda. But it actually uh, is named after F. Scott Fitzgerald's wife. Huh. Okay. And Miyamoto thought the name sounded pleasant and significant. So he paid tribute to her and named it The Legend of Zelda. And uh, Link and the fairy were inspired by Peter Pan and Tinkerbell. Okay. That's cool. So, yeah. Obviously, this game has begun, you know, one of the most famous. IGN listed it as number two in the top 100 uh, NES games of all time. Behind what? Only beat, only beat by Super Mario Brothers, the original. Oh, the original. Okay. Yeah, they put the original in there. Um, so only, you know, to only come second to Super Mario Brothers is a pretty, it's a, it's a feather in your cap. Mm. Uh, the cartridge, of course, was one of the first to use the battery, uh, so you could, uh, save. I think it was the first, wasn't it? It was the first, yeah. Yeah, yeah. or at least for the, the, for a home console cartridge. Mm-hmm. And an animated TV series was based on the game. That started. That came out in 1980. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, we could talk about that, but uh, we'll maybe just do that on a Patreon episode. Yeah, that's pretty. Uh, uh, this game good. itself, at the end of production, had sold 6.5 million copies, but the franchise, the Legend of Zelda franchise, this is not counting Breath of the Wild. Okay, mm-hmm. that sold over 75 million copies. Wow. So, and then you add in Breath of the Wild, so who knows how many now. But. Well, I think Breath of the Wild was one of the, maybe it's either the fastest or best-selling Zelda games in recent memory, so. So it's going to be, that number's coming up. Oh, yeah. So, anyway, that's all I've really got for history. It's um, good history. That's good. I where, like that. Where did... Uh, did you mention the fact that the cartridge is gold? Well, it's made out of pure gold. I mean, it's made out of pure gold. Pure gold paint. <laughs> but they later changed it to the gray cartridge yeah. after some time. I think so. it's funny, and well, maybe we can just you know go on into Michael's quest for the cart on this one because uh, since we're talking about the cart, I think it's funny how the gray one is slightly more rare, but everybody wants the gold one. Well, I mean, why wouldn't yeah. you want the gold one? But it's just funny. How in most cases the rarer version of the game is the one people want, mm-hmm. but the one that has more cartridges out there is the gold one, and that's the one people want. So I think that's funny. Right. So quest for the cart. Um, I my parents bought me the gold cartridge. Mm-hmm. It was one of the first games I had because they bought me Mario. See, I didn't get my CM. I got my Nintendo in like 1989, I think. So it had already been around for a few years. Uh, I was like four. I think I was four years old when I got it. So Zelda didn't mean a whole lot to me <laughs> at that time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember playing Mario some. Uh, but of course, we, going way back to one of our old episodes, I don't know which one it was, but the Nintendo was originally for my dad to play, you know? Right, sure. Right, right. Which nowadays he hates, he hates video games with a passion. But at, back then mm-hmm. he thought he was going to like them. So originally he got it for him with Zelda and Mario and I think Kung Fu maybe. I don't remember. I don't remember the original set of games, but there's like three or four games he got. So this is one I've had pretty much as long as I've had a Nintendo. I had the gold cart. Um, but uh, once I started collecting again, I said, you know what? I don't want just the gold cart. I want both. So I went out 
and went hunting for a gray cart and I picked it up at a local game store about mm, five or six years ago. So I have both the gold and the gray cart. Just I don't know, just for giggles, I guess. <laughs> how much how much does the gray cart set you back? It was only it was like ten bucks, I think. It wasn't too bad. Okay. I wonder course, what it is. Like I said, it was like five or six years ago. So I don't know what it is now. We'll find out when we do Is It Worth It? Nah, there we go. Okay, sounds good. But that's my quest for the card. Pretty short segment because one of them I've had for a long time. The other one, I just uh, just went out and bought. Just, there was only back in those, let's see, back five or six years ago, there was only like one rec- game shop that I knew of that sold Nintendo games, like old Nintendo games. Mm-hmm. And it was in Knoxville, pretty close to... Uh, pretty close to UT campus. No, I guess it was McKay's. It had to be McKay's. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was probably McKay's. Yeah. Yeah, McKay's books. By the way, if you're in Knoxville, go to McKay's used books. It's a good place. Yeah. Now there's a bunch of uh, game stores. Oh, yeah. They're everywhere. Except there's one that I really don't like. I'm going to put them on blast. Okay. All right. Have you been to like the CM games or whatever? Oh yeah, they're so overpriced. It's overpriced, ridiculously overpriced. Everything's overpriced. The funny thing is, like, they're really expensive games are priced somewhat right. I would Mm -hmm. say it's just all the cheap games that they should be selling for five or six bucks. They're trying to sell for twenty dollars or something. It's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. Nickel and diamond, you man. That's right. That's right. So I guess we could go ahead and start talking about this game. I think so. I think it's a good idea. Let's see. Should we start with the manual? Yes. This game has a beautiful manual, by the way. And I I have a copy of it, but I can't find it. Like, I have an actual copy of it, but I do not know where it is for some reason. Um, Actually, hold on. I may know where it is. I forgot. There's one place I didn't look. Okay, you're going to think I'm an idiot, because the one place I didn't look is in the case. There you go. Is it in there? It is. Okay, great. (laughs) The gold cart. Uh, It's funny, because I I have most of my manuals separate from the games, Mm -hmm. and so I didn't think to look in the the box, but there it is. Sweet. It's not in great shape. Well, it should be. The, I wish I had one in better shape, but so it, I'm missing the cover. But the cover's gold. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's um, beautiful. It is beautiful. I do still have the map, although it's also in like two pieces. It does come with a map. I think the American release came with a map. I don't know if any of the other ones did. Wait, I, I just thought of something. You know, everybody wants that. You were saying everybody wants the gray cartridge. Uh-huh. You know, it's like the. I know one person that only wants the gold cartridge. Who's that? Donald Trump. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> As we go. Um, actually, I did not... A little side note, and I think... I may be lying here. I don't remember. Um, but I, I did not have... I know I didn't have the map 
to begin mm-hmm. with. I just had the manual. And I, I recently acquired the map not too long ago. And I'm pretty sure I got this map from Nick Stevens. Really? I think so. Nick can uh, Nick can tell me or not. If, Of course, I don't know if we're going to have the video up, but uh, there's handwriting. There's people's notes on this thing. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Okay, uh-huh. yeah. So we need a handwriting expert to come in and tell me. Is this Nick Stevens' handwriting? Hmm. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Uh-huh. Anyways. Uh, so the manual. Mm-hmm. I don't know what happened to my original manual. This is probably my original manual, actually. As bad shape as it's in. Uh, all right. The story. You want the story to this game? I, I just want to draw your attention to page two real quick. All right. I like the, on the precautions, do not immerse in water. Don't just put it in a bowl of water. Yeah, don't just throw it. Just don't, don't throw it in water, you know? <laughs> don't take a bath with it. Okay, <laughs> I can see Go somebody, ahead. I can see somebody taking a bath with this, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, with the story. Okay, the story's kind of hard to read, I'm not going to lie, because it's got this awesome hand-drawn background. Mm-hmm. Um, but... It's also got black writing, so I'll, I'll do my best. You know the uh, maps that you see in Bibles? Yeah. kind of looks like that. It does, actually. It reminds me of that. It's a Bible map. Yeah. All right. In the midst of this chaos, in a little kingdom in the land of Hyrule, a legend was being handed down from generation to generation. The legend of the Triforce. Golden triangles possessing mystical powers. One day, an evil army attacked this peaceful little kingdom and stole the Triforce of Power. The army was led by Ganon, the powerful prince of darkness, who sought to plunge the world into fear and darkness under his rule. Fearing his wicked rule, Zelda, the princess of this kingdom, split up the Triforce of Wisdom into eight fragments and hid them throughout the realm to save the last remaining Triforce from the clutches of Ganon. This is a pretty good story, okay? It really I'm only, I'm only like one paragraph in, but it's this is a pretty, pretty darn good story. All right. Uh, at the same time, she commanded her most trustworthy nursemaid, Impa, to secretly escape into the land and go find a man with enough courage to destroy the evil Ganon. Upon hearing this, Ganon grew angry imprisoned the princess and sent out a party in search of Impa. Party! All right. Yeah, sent out a party. (laughs) (laughs) Braving forests and mountains, Impa fled for her life from her pursuers. As she reached the very limit of her energy, she found herself surrounded by Ganon's evil henchmen. Cornered? What could she do? But wait, all was not lost. A young lad appeared. He skillfully drove off Ganon's henchmen and saved Impa from a fate worse than death. Apparently with his bare hands, because at the yeah. end of the game, he has, he has nothing. So, right, right. He's a BA, if you know what I mean. Right. His name was Link. During his travels, he had come across Impa and Ganon's henchmen. Impa told Link the whole story of the Princess Zelda and the evil Ganon. Burning with a sense of justice, <laughs> Link resolved to save Zelda, but Ganon was a powerful opponent. He held the Triforce of Power, 
And so, in order to fight off Ganon, Link had to bring the scattered eight fragments of the Triforce of Wisdom together to rebuild the mystical triangle. If he could... If he couldn't do this, there would be no chance Link could fight his way into Death Mountain where Ganon lived. Can Link really destroy Ganon and save the princess? Only your skill can answer that question. Good luck. Use the Triforce wisely. Okay. Here's the question. Okay. So he drove off Granon's henchmen and then found out the story and got enraged? Well, yeah, because Impa was being attacked. So he, he okay. ran so in he and, just, like, punched him. He just saw a woman getting... Yeah. Okay. He just saw an old woman getting beat up. So he just, out of the goodness of his heart, ran in. Saved right. her. Okay. Which Impa, I don't know if you're looking at the manual with me here, but Impa's pretty darn ugly. I don't know if I would have ran <laughs> Impa, and saved her or not. <laughs> Impa looks like a witch, actually. <laughs> yeah, I'd be a little bit afraid to go Actually, I, I'd probably be like, oh, we're beating a witch. Let's go. <laughs> Get the witch. <laughs> if she floats, she's a witch. <laughs> but yeah, so. Uh, my favorite part of that scene is when uh, they weigh her against the duck. And she weighs less than the duck. She goes, that's fair. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that's such a good movie. Yeah. Uh, all right, so there's more. You want to hear some more? Mm-hmm. Uh, would you like some hints on how to destroy Ganon? Yes. Uh, this is only for those of you who have had trouble playing this game. Okay. Read carefully through this <laughs> the story below. It has lots of useful hints. When Impa gave Link the order to destroy Ganon, she also told him of the history of the land of Hyrule. Hyrule's history involves a Rastafarian who plays reggae music and oh I'm sorry, that's a different that's a different Hyrule. <laughs> <laughs> Ganon, she also told him the history of the land of Hyrule and the layout of the nine underground secret labyrinths. These layouts should be somewhere in this booklet. Did you find them? Then? No. No. <laughs> no. Uh, no. Yeah. Alright, all right, so there's a lot. Of, the, the manual is really it's really awesome, actually. I, I'm not going to go into all of this stuff, but it, it does. The, the I love the way they do hints. We haven't even mm. started talking about the game yet, but I love the way they do hints in the manual as they tell a story. And then through telling the story, it kind of tells you how to play the game a little bit. So I would suggest anybody, you can find PDFs of it online if you can't find an actual manual. Yeah. But I would say, look it up, because that is, it's pretty it's awesome. Pretty it's pretty awesome manual. Yeah. Uh, I don't think there's anything else super noteworthy in the manual that we can't just talk about while we talk about the game. But I do want to, one thing, uh, and this is something that's really bothered me lately about the Zelda franchise in general. Mm-hmm. Um. I always had this theory when I was a kid and growing up and stuff because the Zelda games never really had any cohesive timeline or anything like mm-hmm. that. It always seemed like they were just their, they were all their own separate game. Mm-hmm. I had this awesome theory when I was a kid that I was able to maintain until they released this stupid official timeline. Okay, I always <laughs> I always considered the Legend of Zelda game to be mm-hmm. kind of like a re, the retelling of the same story over and over again. You know how because different right. people tell the story it changes a little bit here and there but it always mm-hmm. has kind of the same pillars i always thought that like each zelda game was a different person telling the same story about the yeah. boy who ended up saving the you know the gandon because it's and zelda. pretty much yeah it's the same thing 
Yeah. But instead, Nintendo decided to release a stupid timeline that explains something. Like a Heroes Reborn or something. That's stupid. Okay. <laughs> and Nintendo, you should have just left well enough alone. Yeah, right, right. Because I had an awesome theory, and I'm sticking with it. I'm just, there's no timeline. Right. Okay. So, um, what do you think? Have you played? Had you played this before? I haven't asked you that. Yes, I mean, yeah, I played it as a kid. Uh, it, this was one that uh, I ran it a few times, uh, and then eventually landed with a copy i'm not real sure when i got the copy because it wasn't one that i can remember getting for like christmas or birthday or anything but i did end up with a copy at some point um this was a game that i was not into as a kid i'm gonna be honest i was just not a big fan of it um i was always a big platform action adventure uh kind of guy. never really got into the rpgs until later but now I can certainly appreciate it a lot more now. Uh, so I don't hate this game. <laughs> Much to, Ringing endorsement. <laughs> so I don't hate this game. I don't hate it. No. it's it, But it's... Uh, that's not... You know You know I don't mean that. Like yeah. It's just not that I don't hate it. This is uh, you know, a groundbreaking game that uh, is very enjoyable now. Yeah. I, 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 I would probably gush about this game quite a bit more than you so mm. it's good to get that dissenting out of the way and now we can start just loving on it a little bit mm-hmm. you know, right. I like to always anytime I'm in a situation I like to just go ahead and get all the bad out and then just start loving you know mm-hmm. uh, so I'll get my bad out first this game to its detriment a little bit in this future self that we're in where games have progressed over the years it is a bit cryptic just for cryptic's sake, if, mm. if, if you know what I'm saying. Like, it doesn't really tell you. You have to use bombs a lot to blow up walls, and you have to use candles to light things on fire and all this stuff. But it there's no graphical difference on these things as to what, which block or which tree or whatever that you light on fire. Mm-hmm. So, you know, as a kid, the way I remedied it was actually pretty awesome because they give you a map. I just would mark the map in areas and then like make notes to myself and stuff. Kind of like Nick Stevens did here on this, on this mm-hmm. map. I would, I did the same thing on mine, which I wish I still had mine, but thank goodness Nick uh, wrote notes on his, but this is a game where you would probably want to make your own map. You know, it's mm-hmm. not, it's not terribly, um, get out your graphing paper. Yeah. Get, get, get out the graphing paper. You probably want to make a map of all the dungeons too. Although you get a map in the dungeons, which is something else we can talk about. But, um, I don't know. It, it does seem like it's a little too cryptic for somebody who's used to playing a modern game. Like, if you grew up with this game, it probably doesn't bother you at all. Because you already know what to expect. You probably already remember where some of the stuff is. And when I was a kid, I can remember playing it and really enjoying trying to find these things. Like, trying to mm. find the... And I would really get excited when I would hit the right tree and it would burn down and there'd be stairs underneath it or something, you know? Um, but as an adult, I can understand how that would be somewhat annoying to not have any kind of any kind of indication of where I should be placing my bombs and stuff, you know. So mm-hmm. I can understand how now that we've seen a lot more modern games do different things, even Zelda games. Zelda games have progressed from this to where there's graphical 
things that show you like, oh, it's a crumbly wall. That means I should use a bomb on it. That kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this was just straight up, you know, it's, I don't know. You, you don't really call it secrets. Uh, and it's interesting. If you think about like Miyamoto wanted to make it a, an exploration game, that's not really an exploration aspect. If I could be critical for a moment, I, th- I think that that's just cryptic, like you said, cryptic for cryptic's sake. It's secret stuff. It's not necessarily just an explorer. I don't consider uh, throw a bomb at this wall, throw a bomb at this wall, throw a bomb at this wall. That's not necessarily exploring. Yeah. So. I just think but, it would have been, it, it would have fallen into the category of pure exploration if there was something you could tell that you're supposed to be throwing a bomb at it, you know? And I think if you look at it from the... But I think if you look at it from the aspect of what this game was at the time, if you think about the... You know, we talked about the battery backup, the massive size of this game, when people are used to, you know, the kind of sit down, you can't save, you can't do anything like that, and then then you get this game. I mean, this game's huge compared to anything else that was coming out at the time. I mean, so. it, is, it, it is game break. I'm not game breaking. I guess it is game breaking. It's breathtaking and like mm-hmm. game changing is the word I'm looking for. Yeah. I mean, it basically just it just totally flipped the script on what it was possible for games back then. Of course, you know, people, again, this, it's hard to, to grasp that unless you're basically old enough to know what games were like back then, right? Mm-hmm. So, right. I mean, people, we're kind of on the cusp of being able to remember this because mm-hmm. we were awful young when this game came out so too right, young sure. to really two years old yeah. yeah so too young to play it then and within a couple of years maybe we played it a little bit but we still didn't get a firm grasp on it but we kind of had there was a since the majority of games were not like this we still are old enough to know how game changing this game really was mm-hmm. um and i think they totally nailed the exploration i know the cryptic stuff is not you, you may not say that it's very good in the exploration aspect but the map itself and the overworld I thought was just I thought it was awesome as far as exploration because around every turn every time the screen changed you never know what you're going to get sometimes you'll get an ocean sometimes you'll be in the mountains sometimes you'll be in a forest like every screen when you change from screen to screen it was just what's going to be around the bend right like there may be a waterfall on a giant mountain and you may be able to walk through the waterfall and get go into a cave I think the secrets do provide some extra exploration that you may not initially think of like when you think of the game as a whole once you already kind of know where the, some of the secrets are you're like wow that's like this is really exploration right. to a t i mean it's open world you can go anywhere you want i've seen people play through this game without ever picking up the sword which kind of blows my mind but <laughs> <laughs> yeah well well especially you know like uh brought up earlier when you start thinking that the the kind of rpg style game exploration style game that we had to compare it to at the time they were using the game adventure for the atari 2600 yeah i don't even think that this game now i've not played adventure for the atari 2600 Mm -hmm. but i've seen the videos of it and it's not even close to what this game brought to the table i mean so. No, and there's several years difference between them, but the the gap 
this, those years difference, there were not any, there were not a lot of games of progression between the two. You know what I'm saying? Or at least mm-hmm. not many that I know of. Right. Um, a lot of games followed the same format of maybe it's like an arcade shooty type game, or if it's a side scrolly type game. But even side scroll, I mean, Mario kind of revolutionized that too. So this just this Nintendo crew, this A team or R and D four. I mean, yeah. They just really revolutionize a lot of games all at once, and it just kind of blows my mind. Yeah. The funny thing is, I think, about this game, another thing is the design of this game and the way they designed it back then is still basically the way that Zelda works. Like, everything that they did back then has carried on through all the games. They've refined it and mm-hmm. and made it better in some games, some would argue, like Link to the Past or... Link Between Worlds or some other 2D games, they would, but basically the same format that this game is has mm-hmm. carried through the entire series. And Breath of the Wild, you know, they're talking about, you haven't played it yet, but they're talking about how when they were making Breath of the Wild that they look back to this game and you can really tell because, like, that game and this game are more closer to each other than any other game. And it's weird how they're like bookends to Zelda right now where you've got this yeah. game, open world, go anywhere, do anything you want. And just tack, tackle it however you want, and the Breath of the Wild does the same thing. Then all the ones in the middle, in between the two, are varying degrees of the same design that has carried on for what thirty years now. Yeah, yeah, thirty-one years. That's that's crazy. Oh, by the way, um, forgot to mention this at the top of the show, but all the D-patters out there that have been dying for us to cover this game need to go say thank you to Dude Mandy because she used her Patreon pick to get us to play this game. So thanks to Dude Mandy for the Patreon pick to get us to play this game. Dude, that was my question. Dude or Dudette, yeah. Mandy. Whichever, however, whichever one she wants. I asked Dude Gale one time. Uh, I said, do you want Dude or Dudette? And Gale wanted Dude. So I'm going to give Mandy Dude also, unless she changes her mind. Yeah. Okay. Oh, man. Great pod. We both took a drink, <laughs> drink of water break. at the same time. <laughs> Maybe Trim Silence will take that out. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. Well, I mean, I guess we could talk about the graphics of this game. Okay, I got a couple more things about the gameplay before we move on to graphics. Okay, sure. If you don't care. Yeah, I, don't I, care. I just, yeah, I don't know how much you want to do the, the gameplay because, you know. Anyway, go ahead. Okay. I got two more. Th- I'll, I'll, I'll cut it down to two more things. I got a lot more to say, but I'll cut it down to two. Say as much as you want. No, I want, I want to give some, I want to give some deep better time. Dude and deep at okay. time, okay? okay? So I don't want to talk too long. Uh, but anyways, I got to, I'm going to narrow it down to two more crucial things, okay? Part of the gameplay format is you have a primary weapon, which is your sword, and a secondary weapon, which changes based on things you pick up in the dungeons. Also, there's dungeons throughout this game, by the way. Uh, <laughs> we didn't even mention that. But I'm yeah. assuming everybody out there probably knows what Zelda is at this point, right? right. So we don't really yeah. have to go into the schematics of the game. Okay. Right, right. So, but I love the variety of the weapons that are on that B button, the, the side weapons. Mm-hmm. Also, by the way, beam sword is like the best weapon anybody's ever come up with. And the sound that it makes, we'll, we'll get into that in sound. But anyways, but the B button changes bombs and boomerangs and arrows. And it's just, it's crazy because it not only... And you got to think, this is the first time they've done this. This is the first Zelda game. Because everybody who's played all these Zelda games thinks, oh, yeah, that's what Zelda is. But this is the first time. So, mm-hmm. But not only is it a wep- are they weapons, but they're also like puzzle-solving elements that you would use mm-hmm. to 
you know, do different things and like figure out how to beat certain bosses, like the Triceratops boss. You got to throw the bombs in his mouth and stuff. So, oh, that make that that uh, uh, bring that brings something up. I read this um, on the level of the lizard, the boss for that level, level five. Mm-hmm. Okay, so if you look in the manual, apparently it says that that boss does not like loud noises, right? So what does that mean? Who cares, right? What are you going to do in the game to like do that? Right? Blow a whistle? Well, interestingly enough, that uh, in the Famicom version, apparently Controller 2 has like a microphone on Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. And if you, on the Famicom version, if you blow into the microphone on Controller 2, it stuns him. He doesn't that's, do yeah, anything. Yeah, I forgot about that. That's, that's pretty crazy. Yeah. So, there you go. Anyways. Uh, and then the other thing I wanted to mention is that some, and we may touch on this a tad in the graphics, but some might argue that this game... The dungeons all are kind of the same, basically. Just different color swaps of the same look, okay? Mm. Yes, I'll give you that. But the variety of enemies in the dungeons make yeah. it so that even though the dungeons may look the same, they none of them play the same because the enemies all look completely different and they all kind of move the same, but you have to use different tactics for all the different enemies. And there's a, there's a ton of different enemies in all these different dungeons and different mix-ups like where they may have bats and mummies in the same room here and different you know varieties of enemies mixed together it's it's just that's just something that from a design standpoint if you wanted to make a game where the, all the rooms kind of look the same but then you want it to feel different changing up the enemies like that that's that's pretty cool i think that's pretty yeah. smart smart move yeah that was pretty awesome all right i'm done with gameplay i'm talking graphics Sure. I love them. Yeah, I mean, even... I think, you know, even though it's a top-down game, which generally top-down games I don't think are, are graphically as, as good as some of the other, like maybe platformer or side-scrollers, this one's great. Like, the sprites, all the boss sprites are, like, very uh, intricate in a lot of ways. Link so, is, like, really... You, I mean, your main character, he, he just... You can really tell what he is for some reason. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's it's weird for me he's to say a, that, but it's like he's a real boy. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> such a such a beautiful young lad. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I know. Yeah, I know yeah. what you mean. And he changes colors. You can get rings and change his color. You can and the weapons. <laughs> when you get the weapons, you can always tell what the weapons are, like yeah. the arrow or the bow. Uh, it's all pretty much. Uh, there's nothing that's like, what in the world is that? Yeah, no, it all makes complete sense. In com- stark comparison to Mick Kids, where I couldn't tell what anything was. <laughs> so. Well, you know, I mean, Mick Kids and The Legend of Zelda, they're like neck and neck for, When we finally do that episode where we spend however much money, you know, in mm-hmm, big games, mm-hmm. it's going to be tight between Zelda and uh, Mick Kids. It's going right. to be tight. So. No, I, graphics. I don't. I have no complaints about the graphics. There's a little bit of flicker here and there, but eh, I mean, most all NES games do that. 
So. Well, I mean, you're talking about the massive amount, the massive memory that you had in this game. You're going to have some glitches. Yeah. Thing. Right. So. Uh, what about the sound and the music? I mean, okay, the music obviously is repetitive, but I don't hate it. I think it's great. And the sound, I love the sounds that the, the, uh, um, uh, all the sounds of the game. Uh, I love that the the whistle is the same whistle Super Mario Brothers three. That's a cool. That's a cool thing. Yeah, I like that. Um, but you know, I think the sound is just an A plus. Yeah, A plus for me. I love the sound that the beam sword makes. I think that just it's just so satisfying. I hate getting hit and losing it, but uh, that and like all the sound effects, like opening the chess and like the music in the game while you could argue maybe it's repetitive because it's each section has the same song over and over again none of those songs ever get old to me like when i'm out there like the overworld just seems epic when i'm out there and the dungeon seems dark and brooding you know it's just awesome i I love the sound of music full on all the way right right so i think uh the only thing left to do is is it worth it well so you can get uh, but the cheapest price that I can find for the gold version is 15 uh, and then the cheapest price that I could find for the gray version is 25 okay and uh, you know there's a lot of good deals on uh, uh, buying the Legend of Zelda and the Adventure of Link together. Uh, might as well do that, then. Might as well. We've already <laughs> talked about uh, uh, the Adventure of Link. But, I mean, absolutely, you have to say it's worth it. Yeah, I don't think there's any way you could not. Even at 25, I mean, I don't think there's any way you couldn't say this game's worth it. For you, can't be, you, can't, you can't be an NES collector and not have this. No, game. not a chance. So, Just, I don't think there's any... I don't think anybody would blame us for saying that it's worth it either so no no but we're not gonna get any hate for that right it's probably the most expensive game that i've said it's worth it though yeah yeah because i, I you know i always compare this to you know the thing it, this is my stick of measure it's like what other games can you buy for that price but this one you really can't compare it to any other game to, to buy you know i think it's on another level. The closest one that would be comparable for me in terms of being a similar gameplay and of almost equal quality would be would be Crystalis or Crystalis or whatever, however you pronounce it, which we covered back in episode a long time ago with Duchon. But uh, I would say that, I mean, of course you're going to get this one above that one, but I, I, I think, I don't remember the price difference. It's probably pretty close in price. What's the what's the more quintessential well, RPG? Legend of Zelda, of course. Well, no, I wasn't. Gonna, I was comparing it to Crystallis. I'm comparing it to Final Fantasy. Uh, well, the, see, Zelda. I would argue that it's not. An RPG. It's not as much. Yeah, I would not. say it's an action adventure game. Right? Okay, sure. And it's a cop in which case, but, you know. yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> I would take this game above Final Fantasy for sure. Sure. Right yeah. now. They both are super long-lasting franchises. Yeah. I like Legend of Zelda better as a franchise, but some people would argue against that, and I wouldn't blame them for arguing against it if they wanted to. Yeah. 
Okay. I just wanted to throw that out there. I understand. You're just trying to be a trying to be a buddy to bring the an podcast instigator. down. An instigator. Yeah. Just trying to be an instigator. That's fine. All right. Retrofit trophies. We got some retrofit trophies. All right. I've got some. I've got some too. Got several. All right. You go first. All right. My first one is fly on the wings of an eagle. And yes, I know I've used this uh, trophy before, but I like it better for this game. And that is beating level one, which is known as the eagle. Okay. You could have also tried and used uh, fly like an eagle into the sea. Could have. Get into the sea. Fine. But I actually, I like, uh, I like the uh, uh, Kid Icarus song better than that fly. Yeah, I got you. Sorry, I I did not mean to uh, contradict. Like you're good. All right, my first one is Christopher Columbus would be impressed, and that is collect all the compasses and maps from all the levels. All right, my next one is. The moon won't hit your eye like a big pizza pie, and that is beat <laughs> level two, known as the moon. Okay, all right. Uh, I've got another one called sword. Who needs no stinking sword? Who needs no stink? Who needs a stinking sword? <laughs> we I, don't. You don't we, need no stinking. We don't sword. need no stinking sword. That's what I was looking for. Thank yeah, you. <laughs> and that is beat the game without picking up the sword, which as soon as possible, apparently. But I, I think it's impossible. Uh, my next one is Full of Goodwill, and that is beat level three, the Manji, because apparently the Manji is a Buddhist term for goodwill. Hmm. So, there you go. Okay. Um, money bags, and that is buy the blue ring before ever completing a dungeon. Because the blue ring is like super duper expensive. Nice, nice. Uh, next one's the snake charmer. Beat level four. As you can see, I'm going on a theme here. I haven't noticed. Oh, you're just going through the levels, I see. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. no, that's cool. That's cool. Um, I want to say, how did I do this? And that is beat... Uh, be, get your tongue really tied and then still somehow come out with a trophy <laughs> how did I do this yeah. no how did I do this is to unlock the first door in the first level without using a key Ooh! did you know you could do that no I did not know that you could do that okay, uh, okay. Uh, my next one is um, it's kind of an inside joke to a couple people that don't listen to the podcast, so <laughs> it's, it's a great pod. Uh, it's uh, the Lizard King, and that is beat level five. And who's I'll tell in, you about who's the, that. Wait, who's that an inside joke to? The Doors? Now here, did the, the, the Doors do a song called the Lizard King? Oh, maybe I got it mixed up. I thought I thought that's what they called the uh, what's his name? Who's the lead singer of the Doors? Mick Jagger? No, that's Rolling Stones. Yeah. <laughs> Crap. Uh, no, it's it's Kurt Russell. Uh, is it really? <laughs> he played him in the movie. <laughs> no, Val Kilmore played him in the movie. Oh, I thought it was Kurt Russell. Wow. Man, we're doing great here. <laughs> this is great. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. All right. What was his name, though? 
I don't know. I'm just when I called him the Lizard King. Anyways, some lizard, the lizard king all over us. Oh, they're dying. Um, the Lizard King um, <laughs> was this show we were watching one time uh, on like Discovery Life, and it was like it's kind of like if me and you were going to do a uh, documentary on mm-hmm. seals, <laughs> and we didn't know anything about seals. <laughs> yeah, and it was me and Cliff and uh, uh, Brian, uh, and we were watching it. And the 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 seal that was like the leader, uh-huh. they called him the Lizard King. <laughs> I have no idea what that meant, but uh, it was great because it was like it really was. It was like a documentary by a bunch of people that didn't know anything about what they were talking about. Nice. So, yeah. Anyway, you got any more trophies? Uh, yeah, I did. Um. Lizard King's got your tongue. Yeah, he's got my tongue. I'm I'm done. That's good. I'll give you a couple more. Here, the Dragon Slayer that is beat level six. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Exorcist and that is beat level seven because it's known as the Demon. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Lion King, yeah, beat level eight, and uh, Stare Death in the Eye, and that is beat level nine, Death Mountain. So. Pretty good, pretty good. Here, I got one. One more. Uh, Arnold would be impressed. And that is get the power bracelet so you can move rocks around. Makes you really strong, you know? Yeah. All right. All right. We're going to rate this game. Yeah, how do you want to rate this game? Oh, man. Type Uh, of food. hmm. Have we done that one before? Why would you do no. type of food for the Legends of Zelda? Oh, we'll do type of food. Well, who would do that besides us? Nobody. That's how we're going to rate the Legend of Zelda. Right. You want to go first uh, or let me go first? You can go first. I'm giving this bacon-wrapped filet mignon. It's about, okay. the, about as good as it gets, if you ask me. Maybe even throw some like white cheddar cheese in there somewhere. Yeah. I could... I'll go with bacon, and Just I'm going bacon. with bacon because <laughs> bacon's—it's not my favorite food, but it's like in my top three. Mm, I got you, and you can understand how it could be somebody else's favorite. Sure, absolutely. Yeah. How about this? Have you seen the Parks Rec- Recreation episode where he goes to the where Ron Swanson goes to the um, banquet, Mm-mm. and because they have bacon wrapped shrimp? Oh, what? Yeah, I think I have seen that. <laughs> <laughs> That's my number one. It's my number one favorite food wrapped around my number three favorite food. <laughs> and he's, he's like, I would go to a, I would go to a banquet for those Somali pirates if they were first serving bacon. That's funny. Anyway, hey, yeah. tangent. Uh, have you seen Veep? No, the but I've heard with, it's good. Yeah, it's basically like Parks and Rec, but with uh, what's her name? Julia Louis yeah. Dreyfus. Yeah, with yeah. her as the vice president. But it's like yeah. it's like a Parks and Rec type show. It's really funny. It's on HBO. I've heard it's good. I've heard it's good. I haven't watched it yet though. <clears throat> Anyways, all right. We need to get some feedback. I think. All right. Got a lot. I got Facebook pulled up. If you want me to start hitting it, hit it. 
All right, Douglas DeLecky Jr. said, It might be my favorite game of all time. Definitely top five. You guys needed a break from terrible games. Tyler Jones says, eh, not that good. Guess that's why they stopped making them. <laughs> oh, he's being sarcastic. Yeah, he's being sarcastic, yeah. Uh, David Gibbons says, the only NES RPG I can get down with. Love this game. Definitely needed guidebooks slash Nintendo Power. Haven't played through the second quest yet, but one day. We didn't even mention that. Second oh, yeah. Quest. Oh, well, I don't know why we didn't mention that. But, yeah, you can enter your name as Zelda. Mm-hmm. Uh, Instead of any other name, because you enter your name in this game to save it. But if you enter your name as Zelda, you get like a way harder version of the game. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Chris Murray says, probably my favorite series of games, although not my favorite in the series. It was one of the first games I owned, and even as a kid, I was obsessed with hunting down and collecting everything in the inventory. I still play through it. I still play it through First Quest a few times a year. Uh, in a few hours, but still have only done the second quest once. Gabe Van Gelder says, who was trying to call in, apparently, uh, says, guess it won't let me call again. I would just say my friend Rich owns this cart, and I spent the weekend over his house watching him play this game, doing all these cool things, getting hearts, the raft, until he finally beat uh, Pig Ganon. LOL. I was so excited. I eventually got some money and bought this awesome game for myself and finally beat it remembering all Rich did and the help of the almighty Nintendo power. LOL. I still play Zelda to this day. I'm a huge fan. Beat just about all of them except the dreaded Philips CDI games, Oracle of Seasons, and Minish Caps one day. I will beat them all. We all agree Breath of the Wild was Link's toughest adventure. Um, at first, I didn't know if Gabe was talking about, like, he went over to his friend Rich, like, last weekend. Yeah, that's what I thought, too. At first. I was like, <laughs> I went over to my friend Rich's house, and we beat this game for the first time. Yeah. And I, was like, I was like, wow, all right, that's pretty that's awesome, Yeah, actually. at first, they, apparently that was a childhood thing, but apparently I was like, oh, <laughs> And he did try to call, and I've got his missed calls, but he wasn't able to leave a voicemail for some reason. I guess I thought somebody fixed it. I heard somebody fixed yeah. it. And we told him we'd give him dude chip, and they didn't even. He didn't fix it. Didn't yeah. fix it, apparently. Revoked. <clears throat> dude chip revoked. <Yeah. laughs> to whoever you are. <clears throat> All right. Greg Polander says Don't know what else I can say to add on to the millions of words written about this game over the years but a true classic still fun to play today and in my list of top 10 video games of all time matt daly says it uh says experience the challenge of endless adventure on the box so true you can replay this so many times with the second quest and then by trying to not get armor upgrades extra hearts etc love this game one of the reasons we're still talking about the nes 30 years after it hit store shelves and Douglas Delecky Jr. says, I'm sure I'm one of many, but I can beat both quests and the first one without losing a f- life. So, there you go. Come back and talk to me when you can beat it without losing a heart. Or without the sword. Or without the sword. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding, Doug. I, you, you're better than me, so. Okay. <laughs> Andy Lewis says, as a kid, I always put my name as Zelda. Didn't understand why I couldn't find things in the same place as my friends did. 
true story. <laughs> That's pretty it's funny. Awesome. Hey, I had a I had this awesome like skit planned out for the show. Mm-hmm. And I'll just go ahead and reveal it since this is the last time we don't have any more Zelda games to talk about. But you know how everybody gets mad and frustrated when people call Link Zelda? Because mm-hmm. they think Link's name is Zelda. Well, I had this skit planned out where I thought maybe we could have soundboard Zelda on and then it ended up being the Link from the animated series. <laughs> oh, <laughs> and just to kind of like man. troll everybody. But I, I didn't yeah. have time to put it together. Uh, <laughs> that's funny. Yeah. Uh, Stephen Michael said, it's an excellent game. I'm going to do a run of it this week. Uh, this next week, sorry. Uh, I'm not the biggest Zelda fan, but I do really enjoy this game. Looking forward to the episode. John Williams says, I still can't beat it without a little internet help, but I've come to terms with that. Absolutely love it. Andrew Code says, uh, this was the first open world style game I ever played after Advanced Dungeons and Dragons on the Intellivision. It was so much bigger and more complex, though, and was still a blast to play. All the hidden secrets blew my young mind. I remember comparing notes with my brother and cousins. Truly a classic, and one that changed the shape of gaming forever. Love it to this day. Hard to find much wrong with it. Ivan Kaprod Joslin says, A true classic. Suffers a bit from the hidden items, tunnels, and bomb walls that don't have indicators. But that was part of what made it such a genre of pioneer. You never knew what was around the bend or what you might find if you mm-hmm. experiment with the environment. Iconic tunes <clears throat> and in an open environment. Zelda was an amazing experience and a game for all time. Uh, Cecil Dredge says this game is an absolute masterpiece. I'm looking forward to this episode. Peter Martin says I've been waiting for this episode and finally. I remember when this game came out, my older either uh, I think he meant my older brother and his friends would all play it look at Nintendo Power for Clues in the map they included in one issue once they'd all leave I'd turn the game in and play for hours Want, uh, so many memories playing this and the opening music oh the opening masterpiece of a score the music in game was great as well all of the characters, the different labyrinths, hidden treasures, etc. This game had it all. It was the first game I beat, and after defeating Ganon, it was a thing to call all of your friends to let them know you saved Hyrule. I also thought it was cool at the time how you could see the uh, two other saved quests on the game and see where your brother or friend were. I'm so glad you dudes are finally reviewing this epic game. When I hear NES, Super Mario Bros. 3... LOZ and Metroid, or Legend of Zelda, Metroid, come to mind uh, immediately. As well as, well, nowadays anyway, Pulling a Carl, Waffle Stomping, and Tom Arnold. Thanks. <laughs> I can't wait for this episode. In my opinion, one of the best video games ever that stood the test of time. Alan Taylor says I believe this was the first NES game I ever beat. I have two copies, but I don't believe I have played it for over 20 years. What? Yeah. Mike King says, The taste test on playing with Power Podcast had a civil war over this game. I guess somebody will have to go listen to that. Yeah. Daniel Walker says, I thought the music oh, was... Hang on, hang on. Time out. Sorry. 
Uh, I think we're going to do a crossover with them pretty soon, by the way. A little tidbit. Oh, okay. Yeah. Not just for you, just for everybody. Everybody. Eventually, I think I think we have plans to do a crossover with those guys. Okay, sweet. Yeah, it is sweet. You should be more excited. I'm very excited. Can you not see it on my face? <laughs> no. Yeah, but nobody else can. Well, okay. That's all that matters. <laughs> Daniel Walker said, I thought the music was a mistake or a joke. I could have sworn you guys had already done Zelda. But, lo and behold, you just did Zelda 2. Love this game. It's a definite, polished, expensive stone. Yeah. Mm, I don't <laughs> know about that, Daniel. <sighs> You've been warned. talking about like a ruby or a sapphire? I don't know. A diamond. Diamond, maybe? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. A chunk Chris, of aluminium? Maybe. A, uh... What's the purple one? An amethyst. Mm. <laughs> Chris C. Fernie says, Anyone familiar with the very rare Super Nintendo Zelda BS only released in Japan by satellite? I started playing the emulator version yesterday again. It's a great remake of the original Zelda. Uh, Adam Malone said, Any kid who grew up in a rural setting completely gets where the inspiration came from. It's your imagination on screen. Yeah, we grew up in a rural setting. We know right. exactly where it came from. That's exactly right. Uh, Sid JD said, My favorite from the series, easily a top 10 title for me. Nick Mellon says, I'm planning on calling overseas, but not for the steaming pile of a game. I've actually never <laughs> played it. Oh, jeez, Nick. I've played, <laughs> I've played Link's Awakening on Game Boy and finished Ocarina, but otherwise haven't played Zelda games. Hmm. Uh, Nick, I think I've told you this on Facebook, but and this goes out to anybody that's from overseas. I understand that calling is probably not possible since our number is a U.S. number. But if you want to just shoot us an MP3, we'll we'll play it. I think we can play that if you just figure out a way to give it to us. Letters at nesdudes.com. That's an email. Or some other method. However people send MP3s, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. We know a lot, by the way. Yeah. Yeah, right. About stuff and things. We're real tech savvy over here. Um... <laughs> Trevor Franklin says, oh yeah, now we're talking. We covered this on Retro Bliss, and the thing that amazed me most is how it still holds up to today. Despite being technically outdated in every way, my co-host and I were hooked and played way more than we had to for the show. It was the, his first Zelda game, and I was relieved and shocked at how much he liked it. A true classic for the ages. I'm surprised at how many people in the comments so far have either not played it or playing it for the first time. That's going to yeah. blow my mind a little bit. Right, right. Uh, Mike Graham says, Masterpiece, one of the top five Nintendo games of all time. I always remember making notes on the map when I was young because internet didn't exist. One of the games that stand the test of time. Ryan R. Jackson says, I remember playing this game for the first time after renting it from a small video store. I remember liking it but finding it difficult. I had no map or Google and remember struggling to figure out where to go. Still a very fun game. 
and it has led the way for many epic fantasy games. Strangely enough, I am in the minorities and that I love Zelda 2 the best. Rico G. That's all right. I think there's other people that might join you there. Yeah. Not many. Uh, Not many. Hey, I do want to say one one thing real quick that I noticed in the book that one more uh, negative about this game real quick. Just to, you know, because we're getting a lot of positive going here. If you look in the manual, the Legend of Zelda ABCs. Do you see ABCs in there? Uh-huh. Mm, no ABCs. Lots of words. Lots of letters. But it's not the ABCs. So they shouldn't call it the Legend of Zelda ABCs. Yeah. Sorry. I got, I got a joke for you on that. Okay. Uh, this guy was in, I was in, this guy was in a restaurant, uh, and, uh, one of the waitresses says, uh, does anybody in the restaurant know CPR? And the guy said, uh, actually I know all my alphabet. (laughs) 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 Nice. (laughs) All right. Rico G said one of the best. I may have just read his twice. I don't know. That's fine. Tyler Jones says, can't even describe in words the nostalgia associated with the music and childhood memories of this game. I went to a Legend of Zelda orchestra show in Arizona several years ago, which was really awesome. I bet that would be cool. That would be really cool, yeah. Um, you may not be able to describe it in words, but we've just spent an hour, and almost an hour and 15 minutes describing it in words for you, so <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> Bryce Dummond says uh didn't play this one a ton as a kid actually i didn't own the cart but i had a cousin that did and played it at his house occasionally link to the past on the scnes was the first zelda game i really played from start to finish when i got back into retrogramming in 2012 i had a copy of legend of zelda among the other among other nes games that i collected and kept over the years and i played it and beat it on my original nes luckily the battery held up and i didn't lose my save it's Definitely one of my favorites from the series. I still haven't played through the second quest yet, but I plan on doing it at some point. I would even say this is a top five, maybe even a top three game for the NES. You know, he brings up a good point about losing his saves. I think, I'm sure it's happened to a lot of people losing their saves with this game, but for this being the first or among the first (laughs) battery backup games... I have not had hardly any trouble with losing saves other than I had a battery die and it was, I mean, it's not the game's fault. The battery just died, you know, right. I had a battery die in one of my Zelda games one time. But other than that, once I replaced the battery, I haven't had really any trouble with losing saves. So that's pretty amazing. If you ask me. Yeah. Lots of play testing, I guess. That's right. All right. Mandy DeCuna, who obviously this is her Patreon pick. Mm hmm. I uh, said, one of the first games I ever remember playing. Even remember the first time I beat it. There's definitely a lot of nostalgia that comes with this one. I absolutely love the Zelda series, and it's quite hard for me to pick my favorite game. But this one is definitely at the top of the list. No pressure on us. Right. No. <laughs> I don't know. I'm telling you, there's no pressure. Yeah, no pressure. No, I've, been, I've, been, I've been riding smooth. Pressure free. Sean Muldown, he says, Northwest, Southwest. Epic game. Innovative. A game I still play and seek ROM hacks to. Got that screen wrap on point. I know that not many will get that, but those that do, sup. Sup. (laughs) All right. George Weber says, I was doing so well. I had made it all the way to the final dungeon, 
and then my save file spontaneously vanished. We oh, just no. talked. Did I just jinx him? <laughs> I think so. Dang it. Uh, Sean Moldown, he comes back and says, this is also the first of two NES games that I used graph paper to map the world out. The other was Metroid. Got to. That, my friends, rounds out the Facebook feedback. Woohoo! All right. All right. Yeah, I got one on Twitter from Heath Berkheimer. says, best game ever. Has everything you want in an action-adventure game. Great dungeons, puzzles, enemies, and the music is amazing. Classic. And then we got one on uh, Google+. Plus. Can you guess who that is? Brian. Pff, Brian. Brian <laughs> oh, my Ballard. goodness. Oh, no, I was... It was a, it was a slip of the tongue. I know it's Ryan Ballard. Okay. okay. And and it and, and and actually, I could just say I was actually just shortening it. I just took the first letter of his last name, threw it to the first part of his first name. So he's just I Brian just, now. He's just Brian. Oh no, that actually works. I guess you just take the last letter of his first name, put it in front. <laughs> he's Brian. You can do that right. to me too if you want to. I right. Don't know. Come Mike. Come Michael. Yeah. Come Michael. Hey. Right. Yeah. Come and Justin, the H is silent. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, <laughs> Ryan Ballard on Google Plus says, I'm stoked for this episode. I just completed it for the first time a few months back. Wow. Congratulations. Nice. That's right. All right. You ready for this slew of voicemails? Yeah. Boy, we got a lot. I'm ready. Okay. We may have to postpone that. Uh, Patreon recording. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that we were planning on doing after this. Uh, Alright. <clears throat> I don't know why I cleared my throat. I'm not going to be talking. Alright. This is working great. Yeah. Yeah. Great pod. Uh, there's a train going by right now, so I figured I'd give you a call. <laughs> nice. Uh, I want to talk about Zelda for a little bit. Um, my sister got her NES in 88, Christmas of 88, and I hadn't been playing any games up until then for quite a while. And I really liked the uh, Super Mario Brothers and Duck Hunt at the time, and played a lot of that. And then I was at a friend's house, and he was playing Zelda. I had no idea what it was, but... I watched him as he put a bomb against the wall and blew a hole in the wall and found a secret room. And that reminded me of my favorite game, which was Adventure on the Atari 2600, that I played about five or six years before that. So I had to have this game. And I was, I guess, about 19 when I got it. And my sister and I played through it together. We took turns, didn't play the same guy. And I was the one who beat it first, and I was very proud of myself that I beat a game because that was starting to become a thing at that point. And I just really kind of set the course for the kind of games that I still like to play today. So I guess that's all. I don't want to gush. Everybody else is probably going to gush about the game because it is a great game. Probably my second favorite game of all time after Adventure. Awesome. So thanks for letting me talk. I really enjoy what you guys do and glad to be a fellow retro junkie with you guys. Bye. Thanks, Ferg. Uh, everybody go listen yeah. to his podcast, the Atari 2600 Game by Game podcast. Hey, um, yeah. When I said uh, when I was talking about leaps and bounds, Zelda <laughs> yeah. being leaps and bounds better than Zelda, I kind of forgot about Ferg. 
Yeah, how do you feel now? <laughs> <laughs> he, might, he might be disagreeing with that one. Ferg but, no longer yeah. listens to this show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. So, uh, no. Well, you know what it is? It's probably that we're at the age where we didn't play a whole lot of Atari. We played a little bit, maybe. And uh, so he's probably just going to call us a bunch of millennials or something. Right. Bunch of, then, what are we are we Generation X? What are we? No, we're like on the cusp of millennials. We're like we're the wise. We're the wise. No, we're the w- no, we're millennials. By according to according to uh, science and stuff, we're millennials by like a year. I was sixteen when the millennial came. Millennials is a big generation. Uh, whatever. It, it goes from like nineteen eighty three or eighty four until. Still going, I guess. I don't know. Is this scientific? Is any of it scientific? No. Oh, look it up. Look it up. I'm pretty okay. sure we're stuck. I'm, I'm, look. I'm pretty sure we're stuck in the millennial generation. Play the next voicemail. I'm gonna look it okay. up. Okay. All right. Dudes, Satari man. Uh, I just wanted to leave a quick message here about the uh, Legend of Zelda. I'm sure everybody's probably said everything that needs to be said by this point. Uh, but I want to specifically talk about the whole dungeon aspect of it. Um, I'm kind of a bit of a expert on on the thing. Um, dungeons. But the dungeons were always the best part because they were always so different. And when you thought you knew what you were doing, the game just totally threw you for a loop. And uh, that's the thing I remember the most about it. It's just my distinct lack of confidence every time I entered a new dungeon. Uh, and speaking of dungeons... I have to figure out how to get out of my. Talk to you later, dudes. Bye. Oh, God. Thank you, Atari Man. I, I wouldn't say no, God, about Atari Man. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm saying thank you. No, um, uh, no, thank you for your call. Uh, yeah. Anybody who, by the way, anybody who doesn't listen to the Genesis Gems, first of all, thank you. I don't blame you. I wouldn't either. But they apparently keep this guy in their dungeon. Yeah. Call 911. No, really. No, yeah, don't, don't, don't really do that. Uh, no, I was saying, oh, God, too, because the millennials are apparently 1981 to 1997. Told you. We're <laughs> right in there. And apparently that's the same thing as Generation Y. It's I don't the same know. thing? Oh, I guess it is. It's the same thing as Generation Y. They just gave us a new name. Because Generation X would have been like my cousins who were older than me. Right. Right. Gen Xers. I wish I was Generation X. Yeah, it sounds cool. It's cooler. Yeah. Could you walk around and tell people to suck it? Oh, no, that's a... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you, you can do that as a, anything you want. <laughs> I guess that's true. <laughs> hey, gener- uh, the millennials, were since we're Generation Y, we just got to walk around like this. <laughs> In case anybody wondered, I just stuck my hands above my head and made a Y shape. It's great pod. <laughs> All right, here's another one. Hey, dudes, this is Andrew Coed from Colorado Calling. Colorado. I just wanted to give you a call about my experiences with The Legend of Zelda for the Nintendo Entertainment System. If I remember right, this was released in 1986, I believe. Would have put me about eight years old at the time. And if I remember right, we didn't actually have a Nintendo at the time. Uh, we just had our own television, but I do remember my cousins who lived with my grandparents at the time having an NES with this game, and I remember going over there and watching them and my brother 
play, and since I was the youngest, I didn't really get my hands on the controller all that often. But I remember watching them play and imagining what it would feel like to get my hands on that controller, what I would do, where I would go, and all that. So uh, that was my first memories with the game. I do remember, I think it was later that year, so probably Christmas of 86, that my brother and I received a Nintendo as a Christmas gift um, from my parents. And we got, I want to say, it was probably just a pack in Mario, uh, Super Mario Brothers, and then Legend of Zelda. And then I remember, you know, playing with my brother countless hours of it. And since I had already watched them play, you know, hours of the game, I knew where the Master Sword was. I knew where the first couple of dungeons were and how to get through those. But uh, it wasn't until later on, it might have been much later, probably a year or two later, when we got a copy of the official Nintendo's player, official Nintendo Player's Guide. Um, and inside there was maps of a bunch of different games. For people who don't know, um, it was kind of strategy guides for multiple Nintendo games. And then it had little paragraph synopsis of a bunch of other games that kind of served as an advertisement. But in there, there was a few maps for a couple of dungeons, I want to say, and then the overworld for uh, Legend of Zelda. And we used that, and we made some notes on there, circled the bushes that we could and rocks that we could move, and kind of marked out all the secrets, compared notes with friends and our cousin, and you know, really dug into that game and finding all those secrets really just blew my mind as a kid. And I remember spending countless hours with my brother, you know, monopolizing the television and playing the bejesus out of that game. It was a lot of fun, really kind of solidified my love for video games. And I really appreciate you guys covering it this week and just wanted to share my experience. Thanks, guys. Bye. Thanks, Andrew. First time caller, maybe? I think. Yeah, I think so. Welcome to the fold. The collar fold. Right. Yeah. <laughs> that was a little more awkward than I wanted it to be. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's keep on rolling here. Uh, let's see here. By the way, uh, thank you everybody for the calls. I'm glad we got this thing working again. Feel free to call anytime. It doesn't have to be the Legend of Zelda for you, for you to call us. Yeah. Hey, dudes. You asked for a callback, so I'm calling you back. My voice probably sounded familiar on account of my being a world-famous focus singer and call-button mechanic. Mimo Wilfart, Whoopi John Wilfart, you'll probably heard of me. From now on, just call me Dude Whoopi. Later, dude. Dude Whoopi? John, dude Whoop- John Wilfart? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I still think it's Ivan. Although, yeah. I'm waiting for him to confirm. That's my that's my suspicion, though. Because mm-hmm. it, it sounds so much like, if you're a Patreon listener, which you should be if you're not, Ivan had left a really funny voicemail on one of our Patreons that we played. And that voice matches for me. You remember about Venus and stuff? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, and I'm listening to the Mick Kids episode right now. Just want to let you know, yes. I uh, probably should have played this on Mick Kids. My bad. <laughs> and so now it's not going to work. Yep. Hey, it's Dude Andy with the guarantee. Uh, and I'm listening to the Mick Kids episode right now. Just want to let you know, yes. I still watch the behind the scenes. And I'm sad that you're taking them away. 
So if, if my one little view, you know, you know, if if, if you're going to take that away from me, that's cool. I guess you'll have to make it up to me some other way. <clears throat> guess spot. <clears throat> ah, sorry, I had a, a little bug in my throat there. <laughs> Anyways, keep up the good work, guys. Talk to you later. Thanks, Andy. Yeah, we'll make it up to you. I think we've already got you lined up for another guest spot. But let me tell you, this is what you get for not getting behind-the-scenes videos. We are, for the most part, ever since we got rid of the behind-the-scenes videos, we've spit out the episode, like, the very next day. Whereas before, it would take us, like, a week. Which is one of the reasons we started putting up the behind-the-scenes videos, is so people could watch those while they wait on us to release the audio episode. But now, basically, we record tonight, and we're able to put it out tomorrow night or something. Or tomorrow morning, even. Depending on how, how well the recording goes. So, you know, I would argue that a fast turnaround for everybody is better than... Andy getting to watch us st- sit here and talk to each other in our pajamas. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> With a cat that might come around. Yeah, the occasional cat. Hey dudes, it's Cecil Dredge from Victoria, British Columbia, Canada. Ooh. And I got a little song for you. Dudes! And then yes! I'm talking some Zelda! the game oh yes i do yes it's really true i love it and i love you love you guys bye <laughs> nice thanks cecil man canadians can sing who knew yeah 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 <laughs> I mean, really well like opera. <laughs> yeah, it's opera. Like a, yeah it's like opera Dude Martin's uh, first time caller, long time listener, and uh, I know I Facebook messaged you guys. I had a feeling he would call on the Zelda episode. I, I figured we'd drum up some excitement from mm-hmm. from Dude Martin on this one. About this game, but the Legend of Zelda is worthy enough for a Facebook message and a voice message. This is probably. Uh, up there are my two favorite games between Super Mario Brothers 3 and The Legend of Zelda, even to this day, regardless of gaming system. Um, I think it really sets the standard for at the time when it came out, how complex it was at the time. And uh, it's just a lot of fun to play. So many hidden treasures, so many things to do. You almost have two layers to the game. You know, the overworld and then the labyrinth, the underworld. And I think it's great. Plus, any cartridge that comes in gold... You gotta respect that. They're keeping it 100 by uh, having a gold cartridge. I just wanted to call in and tell you guys (laughs) I love the show. I always listen while at work. Enjoy everybody's input. Enjoy the history and how you guys find the games and whatnot. Love the show, and I will keep listening, dudes. Bye bye. Thanks, dude. Call more. Call more often. You got a good, uh, good phone voice. Yeah. I love gold. <laughs> That's no. <laughs> if somebody calls in and does that, instant instant dude ship right there. Yeah. <laughs> oh. What's up, dudes? It's Sean. I'm just calling in to leave you a voicemail about the Legend of Zelda. Boy, this takes me back. This is uh, I think this is one of my first memories of like a large scale game that took me like years to actually get through you know put down come back try again um 
I loved just starting over and over again because I really liked the first dungeon because it was it was easy peasy, bro. Um, but what I really loved most about that game was the fact that uh, you know back in the day it had the you know, hanging out with your friends in the playground and stuff like that. You're chatting about it or you go over to your buddy's house and you see him do something. You're like, wait, what? You can burn this bush. You can do this. You can do that. Um, to the point where, like, I remember so much about this game that in Breath of the Wild, I thought for sure the way to get through the Lost Woods was going to be Northwest, Southwest. But uh, I was wrong. And, uh, yeah. I well, the same thing. Until next week. Until next time. Uh, all right. Catch you later. Bye. I thought the same thing, Sean. Yeah. And uh, I, th- I thought it was going to be really funny when he was going to say, boy, this game really takes me back. I was playing it during breakfast this morning, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> he called back. I guess he forgot something. What up, dude? It's Sean. Sorry, that was like the most pain-pine number phone call ever in the entire world. Uh, so, listeners, Sorry. Um, but hey, I called back. Uh, I haven't called in a while. Honestly, you guys have been playing a lot of games that I've never even freaking heard of. But I'm glad to see this one pop up. This is one that I've been waiting for for a long time. And, uh, yeah, dudes, you keep doing what you're doing. Um, it's always a blast listening to whatever you guys got going on. Calso, those Switch Up episodes are awesome. As Switch owner, I'm always looking for any content to stick my teeth into. And uh, you guys always are putting out the quality stuff. But, uh, yeah, until next time, guys, keep it nerdy. Thanks, Sean. I'm glad to hear somebody yeah. likes the Switch Up episodes, too, because I haven't got a lot of feedback on those. So I've been kind of wondering whether or not it was uh, good or not. So thanks thanks for that, Sean. And uh, everybody go listen to his show. Not family-friendly, but uh, Nerdy Thursday. It's a good, it's a good show. All right, this may be... Let's see, we got... Ooh, boy. Still got three <laughs> calls. Okay. Bert was going to talk about Mick Kidd, so we'll save him. Sorry, Bert. <laughs> and Joshua Witt called again. Still wants to talk about the uh, the AVS that he was talking about the other day, so we'll save him, too, for yeah. time's sake. So we'll, we'll keep two calls on the, on the roster, and we'll play this last one here. Hey dudes, this is Trevor of the Retro Blist Podcast. I just wanted to call in to, uh, first of all, say that you guys are great, and I've never called in before, but uh, I just wanted to say that you guys have been a big inspiration. Discovered your podcast about the same time that uh, I got back into these games that I grew up with, and uh, your podcast became a constant companion on my long, nostalgic walks, and um, so thanks for that. And also, I have to say that you guys were a pretty big inspiration, I think, for me and my buddy Johnny, starting Retro Blist. Um, just sounds like you guys had a lot of fun, and we want to do something together like that. So before I get all mushy and zappy, let me just say that I'm a huge Zelda fan. And Hold on, Trevor. I'm going to get mushy and zappy, zappy too, real quick. Uh, I love hearing people say that we inspired them to start their own podcast. Absolutely. That's awesome. I also love the fact that Trevor and Johnny... Couple more Southern guys doing some podcasts. Uh-huh, you know what I'm know. saying? I don't know That's where you, I don't even... know where you're from, Trevor, but uh, I can tell you're from uh, south of the Mason Dixon line, perhaps, or maybe west. I don't know. Sounds pretty south, though. All right. Anyway, moving on. The best thing I can say about the original Legend of Zelda 
is that we actually covered it on Retro Bliss. So there's two cheap plugs and one phone call. But what amazes me is that we played the game for way longer than we had to to cover it for the show. And we just, we were like in high school again. <laughs> Johnny was texting me. Uh, secrets he found, I was texting him back. Secrets I found, and it was just, it just, it was like it transported us back to the 80s. Um, and it, the really amazing thing is, if there were text messages back in the 80s. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> yeah. Trevor, I had to. Carrier pigeons. <laughs> <clears throat> mail. They just sent it by mail. Anyways, sorry about that, Trevor. I had to, had to rag on you a little bit. He had never even played a Zelda game before, but we decided to cover this for the podcast, and I was nervous thinking that he's going to hate Zelda because this is the first one, and it's, it's so dated and it's old, and I was just amazed that he loved it, and it just holds up so well. That To me, that's just a true masterpiece. It's, it's such an outdated game, you know, technically speaking, but it just holds up so well, so... Yeah, I could discuss about it for days, but it's a it's a true masterpiece. Um, really, the the core of what Zelda is today is still there. You know, Breath of the Wild is amazing, and there's still parts of the original game that are in that. But yeah, just thanks again for doing what you do, and uh, thanks for playing this if you play it. And uh, I'll see you around. I probably won't though, because you know I'm going to end this message now. Bye. <laughs> I love when people say I'll see you around but I probably won't not really not really I'm just saying that <laughs> alright that's it for uh, I guess that's it yeah Whew, what an episode well yeah I think this was a good episode I think if it's... I don't mind no I don't mind do you mind no bragging on us a little bit well patting myself on the back my arms are sore can't really do it here we go all right you want to tell them how to find us well you can find us on plenty of social media like facebook twitter you know go over there to google plus so ryan ballard or as we like to call him brian (laughs) uh (laughs) so funny i'm sorry Uh, ryan ballard or as we like to call him brian (laughs) (laughs) join him over there (laughs) sorry ryan and uh, you can go to our uh, website, two dudes nintendos.com, or nesdudes.com. That's right. So, or you can call us. You can. You can what? call us at 775-7-RETRO-1, or that's also 775 773 8761 join the elite crew that we have going here these people that call enjoy them all always enjoy the calls sorry to josh and bert but don't forget don't don't quit call and um you can also go on our website and click the little phone icon and you can call us if you have a smartphone so Mm, shout out to the retro junkies shout out to ferg especially for since he called us uh shout out to no, I'm not gonna shout them out. Shout out to everybody else except for the Genesis Gems, right? And then uh, shout out to the Wee Dude for the awesome stereo mixes of tunes that he puts on YouTube that we go on and steal because he told us we could. And then shout out to the Fox Dude for the awesome logo. All right, you about ready for 
music for the next game. Yeah. Me too. Let me pull it up here. <laughs> Since we're trying to do this all live and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> great pod. Yeah, great. It's getting even better. Yeah. All right. Here it comes. Here it comes. You know what it is? Um, maybe if I can hear it. Just have to guess. I mean, you should know what it is. <laughs>